Hey guys, it's me, Erin, and I'm coming at you again from beautiful Fort Collins, Colorado. That sound you hear in the background is actually me, walking, in the rain. It's not as poetic or angsty as it sounds, I was actually in Old Town yesterday, Fort Collins' beloved city center, for an interview, and I was uncharacteristically early. So, with the rain drizzling down, I decided to check one thing off my list for this podcast. I walked down Pine Street, past a little cheese shop and a little chocolate shop, and I ducked into this alley between an apartment complex and an older building that's being redeveloped. The alley itself isn't very long, it's not much to look at either, but if you look up on either of its ends, you'll see a sign, Harper Goff Alley. Who the heck is Harper Goff? If you're not from Fort Collins, you may have never heard his name, but he is, in my opinion, one of the most famous people to come out of this town. And he's also the reason that when walking around Old Town and looking at its glossy storefronts, its stately brick buildings, and its Victorian trimmings, you may hear some locals say. So, have you heard the Disneyland story yet? I'm Erin Udell with the Fort Collins Colorado Inn, and this is The Way It Was, a podcast podcast, Harper Goff's Fort Collins. Those are the sounds of Disneyland, from a video that's courtesy of Disneyland. Thanks, Disneyland. In this video, you see this beautiful aerial shot with a helicopter flying over the entrance of Southern California's most beloved amusement park, Disneyland. It's a fantasy land, and right when you enter, the first thing you see is the American dream, Main Street, USA. A New York Times article written 20 years ago describes it best. It's a frothy row of gingerbread storefronts intended to invoke the true grit and boisterous optimism of -of turn-of-the-century America. There's a city hall, a barbershop, a train, and the most precious horse-drawn streetcars. And for more than 60 years, this place has been, like I said, a fantasy land, a place to escape to, a place that just doesn't exist anywhere else. But a thousand miles west, across the desert and plains, tucked against the backdrop of northern Colorado's foothills, is Fort Collins. And here, Main Street USA isn't exactly a fantasy. At the turn of the 20th century, this little frontier town was home to glossy storefronts, grassy medians, and Harper Goff. Goff was born here in 1911 to Ralph and Maud. Maud seemed to be a little bit of a modern woman. Before she was married, she and her brother had purchased the Fort Collins Courier Express, the local newspaper, and she served as its advertising manager until she married Ralph. He then took it over, and she had Harper. So Harper grew up here until the family left in 1920 when he was still a boy. They ended up in Santa Ana, California. Harper went on to become a pretty talented artist, and he eventually worked as an art director for Warner Brothers Studios. In 1951, while visiting London with his wife Flossie, Goff met a man in a model train shop. They instantly hit it off, and when Harper told him he was an artist and that he'd worked for Warner Brothers, the man told him to look him up when he got to California. He may have some work for him. That man was Walt Disney. 
Fast forward 40 years. Back in Harpergoff's hometown of Fort Collins, a local newspaper reporter was hunting down information on an old building. He had no idea what story he'd end up finding. I'm thinking it was the Kilwins Fudge building because uh, Les Kaplan, I believe, maybe it was Les Kaplan, had just purchased the building and he'd already purchased one across the street and was going to do something. And he told me that he found some old newspapers in the walls between the two buildings. His buildings were kind of built to support each other back then. Meet David Persons, that reporter. He's now retired and still living in the area. But in the 1990s, when he was doing research on this other building, he ended up talking to local archivist Reba Massey. She told him about an author who was doing research on a book about American Main Streets. And his research had led him to Fort Collins. Once Reba uh, began describing what this author was doing, he was doing a thing on Main Streets in, in the United States, and that he had found out in California that a Fort Collins man had helped uh, Walt Disney design Main Street USA in Disneyland and some other things. And I'm going, you're kidding. You know, and she says, no, no, that's, that's true. He really did that. Well, I said, first I've heard of it. I, don't, I never heard of this Harper Golf guy. So Reba said, uh, I believe he's still living in, in, in California in Palm Springs. Ironically enough, I had just returned from working in Palm Springs and did not know that. And this was in 1995. So uh, I made a couple phone calls and found out that actually Harper had died a couple years earlier in 93, but his wife Flossie still lived out there. So Reba and I got together, we found some contacts, and I made a few more phone calls, and I was able to do a, a phone interview with, with, with Flossie. And she was just, she was fantastic. She was elderly, you know, mm-hmm. but she, her memory was clear. She mm-hmm. remembered lots of things, and she started telling me stories, and I couldn't write fast enough. You know, I wished I'd had a tape recorder on my phone at that time, but, you know, and, of course, this is really before the Internet was an integral part of, of newspapers. You know, we, we did everything by the, on the phone. So anyway, long story short, she um, uh, gave me a lot of good stuff. I wrote it all down, and I knew right then that I had a grit in the makings of a really, really good story, and probably most people in Fort Collins, even in northern Colorado, had never heard of Harper Goff. Like I said earlier, Goff, at least in my opinion, is one of the most famous people to have come out of Fort Collins. After meeting Walt Disney, the two did end up working together, and now he's reached Disney legend status. According to the Walt Disney Family Museum, he's even known as the second Disney Imagineer, Walt being the first. In the early 1950s, after starting at Disney, Harper became the art director for one of the company's greatest works, which also, as it happens, became a sort of precursor to Disneyland itself. Here's David again. Um, The thing that that, that struck me right away was that uh, Harper was kind of a free spirit. He did things his way. Well, Walt... Disney was the ultimate free spirit, and he did things his way, and he was the boss. Well, in uh, 1952 and three, uh, Walt was spending a lot of times uh, working on a project that had various names like Mickey Mouse World and Disney, and all this other Dislandia. stuff. Yeah, Dislandia and and things. They had a lot of different names. He even put a a uh, artist rendering of it on a train and sent it all around the country for people to look at to see, get them excited about this idea that he had. Of course, eventually it was going to be Disneyland, but this he didn't have money mm-hmm. in the early 1950s. He and his brother Roy, uh, you know, they were like hand to mouth. Every project paid for the next project, so they really didn't have a lot of money. Well, in 1953, Walt 
uh, told all his artists, and, and Harper was the head of the, of the art design area, that he wanted to produce an animated feature called 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And he wanted to see storyboards and stuff after he got back from vacation, and he was going to be looking for them. And so Walt left, and Harper and the, and the artists all started talking. They're going like, you know, nobody's going to go see a, an animated feature of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. You know, people, this is, times are changing. They want to see action. So Harper and his, his artist did uh, storyboards for a full-length action, not animated, action feature, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And they went the full gamut, and they were sticking their storyboards, which basically at that time were just nothing more than drawing paper, on the wall, on the ceiling, on the doors, everything in the art studio. Well, Walt came back early, and he walked into the studio late at night, and he started looking at this stuff, and I mean, boy, he just blew a fuse. He was so upset. He was so distraught. He was ready to fire Harper and all of them right there because they had disobeyed him. Instead of making a storyboard for an animated feature, they were doing it for, a, for an action feature. He didn't have money for an action feature. Well, the next day, all the artists came in, and boy, Walt just lit into him. And, and it, Harper said it was, or Fossey said that Harper told her it was probably one of the worst days of his life. He felt like he, they were done right then and there. But Roy Disney came in and apparently calmed Walt down, pulled him off the ceiling, you know, and said, look, let's take a look at this and see if this has merit. They've done an awful lot of work, really, really good work while you were gone. Uh, Roy was able to uh, some, secure some loans. Uh, they were able to uh, go forward with the project. And of course, uh, as most people know now, 20,000 Leagues under, under the Sea in 1954, with Kirk Douglas and James Mason and all those people was a huge, huge, huge hit. It was the first big action movie for Disney and his first big, big hit. The money they made off 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea became seed money to build what became Disneyland. Mm -hmm. And Harper and Walt were talking one day about their, about their childhoods. Walt was talking about growing up in, I think it was Marceline, Missouri, mm -hmm. a little tiny town, and how it had all these buildings with gables, and then they were really sharp-angled, and the firehouses, and they were really cool and everything. And, and uh, Harper said, that sounds just like my hometown, Fort Collins. And that's where Fort Collins' connection to Disneyland begins. Just before he died, Goff did an interview with a publication called The E-Ticket. Yeah, I was born in that little town, Fort Collins, Colorado, he said. My dad owned a newspaper there, the Fort Collins Express Courier, and I grew up there. It was a very prosperous town. We had banks that looked like banks, you know, and there was a Victorian city hall. I was born in 1911, and these buildings were around when I was a kid. When I started working on Main Street, I had photographs of Fort Collins taken. I showed them to Walt, and he liked them very much. That, combined with Disney's vision of recreating his own hometown of Marceline, created this tale of two main streets. And remember that New York Times article I mentioned in the beginning of this episode? That's what it was titled, A Tale of Two Main Streets. It published in October 1997. Um, I can't actually remember uh, why I came up with the idea. I mean, I like going to small towns. I like main streets. And we were always... Um, looking for interesting ideas that had kind of an environmental, broader definition of design and architecture. And so um, I cooked up the idea myself, and I had to pitch it to my editor. That's Julie Yovin, and she's the New York Times reporter who wrote the Main Street piece 20 years ago. She worked for the Times for about 12 years, starting in the early 1990s. She's now the architecture critic for the Wall Street Journal. 
And to my surprise, she both got back to me and actually remembered things about Fort Collins, Marceline, and Disneyland. And luckily, you know, uh, there were various anniversaries coming up, and um, uh, there was an exhibition at the Cooper Hewitt. I think I came up, I, I hit upon that by chance. There was that book, Main Street Revisited. Mm-hmm. I think a friend of mine was on some kind of Main Street revival panel somewhere, and uh, which gave me the idea. And okay. um, And again, at that time, the time seemed to have money, and they sent me to all those places. It was kind of fantastic. Oh. It would never happen today. So you, like you said, you traveled to Fort Collins, to Marceline. Is it Marceline? Is that yeah, one? Marceline. Okay, yeah. Marceline. And um, and then Disneyland, obviously. Um, do you remember much from, from those visits, especially the one to Fort Collins? Yeah, it was fun. You know, my sister lives in Longmont, and so... Uh, which is right outside of Fort Collins. And so it was a great chance to see her. And um, I don't remember a huge amount of details, but uh, but no, I remember the trip. And um, uh, I had gone to Marceline first, which was really depressing. It was really a, a one-horse town where they were valiantly trying to use Disney to um, to liven things up. You know, as the story describes, it just been, you know, some... Uh, Railroad spur had been decommissioned, so it was really sinking fast. That's kind of the crux of Yovine's article. The tale of two main streets was a tale of two very different places. Marceline was the well-known hometown of Walt Disney, and as it declined, the town seemed to hang on to those famous roots. Meanwhile, Fort Collins was a lively college town, largely unaware of any Disney connection. It had grown into a nice place on its own, and thanks to a regeneration effort starting in the 1970s, a lot of the buildings started to look like what they did in Goff's youth. The old firehouse, now Old Firehouse Books and Happy Lucky's Tea House, was restored to its former glory and bears a striking resemblance to Main Street USA's firehouse. The former Linden Hotel at the corner of Linden and Walnut Streets in Old Town is still there and looks a lot like Main Street's shop, The Emporium. In the 1980s, a group of volunteers even brought back Bernie Car 21, a historic Fort Collins streetcar that looks like the ones on Main Street Disney and runs on summer weekends. So as as someone who has visited, you know, both of those cities and Main Street with the purpose of um, uh, kind of seeing how they compare to Disneyland, um, did you have an opinion leaving, you know, about which one, which city or town resembled Main Street the most? Well, I think I ultimately felt that Main Street is clearly a fantasy. I mean, there isn't a real, uh, or that, or rather that Main Street is clearly more the result of movies and novels and stories than of any actual physical place. Mm-hmm. But uh, Yeah, it's something that just doesn't exist anymore. I, well, anymore? I don't I, ever. I mean, yeah, you know, maybe yeah. it existed in the, in that movie, Meet Me in St. Louis, or mm-hmm. you know, To Kill a Mockingbird, and uh, books like Raintree County. But uh, uh, I don't know that it ever really existed. And you see that town that Disney was born in. It was really, you know, what was the as I note in the article. You know, Magic Mountain was based on the flag heap that he used to play on. So reality and uh, fantasy are pretty far apart. 
Yeah. That's, um, that's why we have imaginations. Regardless of reality, you can still see semblances of Harper Goff's Fort Collins and some of Old Town's still-standing buildings. And to the tale's credit, Yovine also added that if Main Street USA was in fact based off of a specific time period, it most closely resembles the quaint Main Streets of the late 1800s, possibly stretching into the 1930s. And Goff would have known Fort Collins within that time window, from 1911 to around 1920. And even if you don't subscribe to the fantasy of small-town America anymore, it's definitely a fun story to tell out-of-town guests as you walk through Old Town storied streets. Like David Person said, Harbor Goff passed away in the early 1990s, and Flossie's now gone too. He regaled me with tales of Goff's career in Old Hollywood, as told to him by Flossie. Goff worked on the set of Casablanca, and he narrowly missed out on an Academy Award for his work on 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. He wasn't in the art director's union yet. Goff also art-directed 1971's Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and according to Flossie, he was adamant that the actors should eat real candy in the scenes to make it look more authentic. He and his wife actually ended up making the candy themselves. Now, more than 60 years after Disneyland opened, more people in Fort Collins know about Goff's accomplishments. It's not like Marceline, we don't hang Mickey Mouse logos around town or anything. In fact, the only thing I think that has Goff's name on it is that little alley I walked through in the beginning of this episode. But his legacy doesn't live there. It's in the red brick firehouse on Walnut Street, the old hotel on the corner of Linden, and it's in the memories of banks that looked like banks, Victorian courthouses that met local wrecking balls years ago. And it lives on in the story of a little boy, born in a little town, who went on to do big things. I'm Erin Udell, and this was episode five of The Way It Was, a podcast podcast. For photos of the old town buildings that inspired Harper's early renderings of Main Street USA, head to coloradoan.com. And be sure to check in next month for our next installment. <laughs>